Welcome back to the Magna Vita Show. I'm Alex Olson, and every week we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional growth so that you don't have to. We present the best practices and principles empowering us to build a great life. Last week, we talked about public speaking and comparison. This week, the best podcast talked about dreaming big and getting the rest that we need. Before though, wanted to share the quick bonus thought or idea for, for this week. And this week, it's gonna be a quote. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot. It comes from Henry David Thoreau. And he said, in the long run, we only hit what we aim at. Therefore, though we should fail immediately, we had better aim at something high. And I love that idea that we need to dream big, we need to reach for big goals. And even though we might fail, that's the only way we're gonna be able to accomplish them. I've been thinking about this in part because there's a new Netflix show about Congress and it's about four women running for Congress. It's called Knock Down the House. And one of the people it profiles is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And not saying that I agree with all of her policies or all of her principles, but it's pretty incredible to see how far she was able to come. So when the movie first starts, the documentary, she's only 28 years old, she's working in a restaurant, and she's holding house meetings with people, and, and it's less than 10 people that she's meeting with. And when you see her in that, in that perspective, it's hard to imagine who she would become, that now she's one of the most influential people in Congress, for better or for worse. And both sides have extremely strong feelings about her, but she was only able to get to that point by believing in herself and by dreaming big. And she, she was able to get to that point and she had to overcome so many obstacles. And one of the biggest ones was the person she was running against was one of the most powerful people in Congress. He had the money, he had the experience, he really had everything going for him. And the only thing that she had that qualified her for the job was desire and determination. So I hope that this doesn't uh, make people angry or upset, but I think it's really important to learn from people who are making a big impact or a big influence in the world. And she's definitely one of the people doing it. It, it reminds me of at the Air Force Academy, there are always a couple of people who really wanted to be astronauts. And they weren't afraid to tell people about it. And sometimes people would be would judge them or would say, oh, who are they to think they're gonna become an astronaut? Don't they know how bad the odds are? And, and that's true, the odds are really bad, but no one ever got to the moon by not believing in themselves first. So I hope throughout this week we can dream big and we cannot put limits on ourselves, but instead we can reach out for those goals that really matter for us so that we can reach our true potential, but more importantly, so that we can help other people to do the same. But there are some great podcasts this week, so let's go ahead and get into it. The first podcast from this week is from The Art of Manliness, and it's the title is The Case for 24-6. And they interviewed Aaron Edelheit. He's a successful businessman, but he's also an author. 
And I really like this. What he's getting at is instead of always being on, because it's so easy now to be connected with our phones, that we can always be working 24-7. But instead, he's arguing that we should instead think about life as 24-6. That we should have those days where we work hard, but we should also have one day a week where we relax and we rest just as hard. And so he's getting at the power of rest because in his own life, Aaron was completely burned out. He was working too much and he decided that the only way he could keep going was to try to take some time off. And as he did that, as he took a day off, he was more rested and more energized for the rest of the week. And this is the same principle that countless other people have followed. It's in, so people talk about it as a Sabbath, and it's in several different religions, but it doesn't have to be a religious principle. It's something that can help us regardless if we have faith or regardless if we're going to church. It's something that will give us the strength and the power to keep going. And it's interesting because it helps us to be more effective during those other days when we are working. And Aaron gave a great example of this that I hadn't heard of before. He talked about how in World War II, Britain needed to compete with the German war machine. So you can't, there was no time, well, I can't think of any other time in history that was higher stakes, when the people needed to be productive and they needed to get things done. And so Britain studied what made workers most effective. And they found that working all the time led to mistakes and injuries. The best way they found was to have people work less to be more productive. And taking that day off has been, Aaron said it was the key to his success, and I think it's been the key to so many other people's success. I really like, there's a great interview with Mitt Romney when he was at the Harvard Business School, and this was a couple years back, and they asked him how he had been so successful in government, but also in business. And he said that for him, he needed that day off when he could just rest and be with his family, when he wasn't stressed and anxious about everything else he had to do. And then he said the rest of the week, he could really dive in and he could give everything he had to everything else going on the other six days. But I liked that because they, the interviewer asked Aaron how we can do this. Because this is a big jump for a lot of people, and I really liked his advice. He said, to make it sustainable, this practice of taking some rest, he said we need to start small and just take baby steps. So he said it might just be taking one or two hours off. And then as we feel that difference, we might want to take even more time off. And he thinks there's a lot of power to doing a full day off. But I would say that it's better to take just a little bit of time off than to not take any time off. I think what's hard about this subject though is how can we actually take good time off? And not trying to optimize everything, but there's definitely things that are better for our rest. And so the next podcast talks about one way that I think we can do that. The next podcast is Beyond the Uniform. It's a military veteran podcast, but I think it's very applicable to everyone. And for example, this week they interviewed Stacy Bear, 
and it's titled How the Outdoors Saved My Life. And I love I loved some of the lessons from this because he talked about how after the military and serving in the army, he really had some tough challenges to overcome. He said that he had PTS and he was struggling with what he had seen and what he had had to go through in the army. And he said that Stacy said he even felt suicidal. But fortunately, he had a friend who said, hey, let's do something to change this, to make us feel better. And so he said, let's just try something outside our comfort zone. Let's push ourselves. And he, they decided to go rock climbing. And since then, Stacy has been hooked and he's done some incredible projects with the outdoors. And he talked about how it was so important for him to reconnect with beauty, with being outdoors. And, and I really think there's something about being outside that can heal us in so many different ways. And it, it might sound fuzzy or it might sound kind of cliche, but I think there's so much power in being outside and disconnecting from what everything else is trying to grab us and take our attention. And so I think that's one way where we really can find so much power in resting, whether that's just going for a hike or going and start having a fire outside. And so a couple other things that Stacy talked about that I really liked, he said that we should try to find the thing that pushes us regardless of what that is. So he said for some people that he knows that thing is pottery or it's poetry, but it's the thing that pushes them where they can grow and they can become better. And he said, just find a thing where we can find, find joy. And he said, find a way to connect to beauty. Find, and the last one he said was find something that allows you to be more than who you are. And so this might seem tough at first because it's, it's like, oh, what is, what's that thing for me? And I think it just comes down to trying a bunch of different things and then seeing what, what you connect with. But recognizing that at the start, it might not be easy. It might be tough. It might be frustrating. But as we push through that, we can still find the joy and find the beauty that Stacy talks about. The next podcast from this week is another one from The Art of Manliness. This week, they interviewed the marathon runner, Jared Ward. He's extremely impressive, not just because of how physically fit he is, but I really liked how he's very balanced. He is also a professor of statistics at Brigham Young University. And he has a family with young children. And it's really incredible to hear how he's able to balance all that. And we'll get more into that. But at first, I liked how he said he likes running because it gives him an opportunity to beat himself. And I think running is a great example with how people focus on their PR, their personal record. And I think that's a great way to go through life is to not try to compete or compare ourselves with other people like we talked about last week, but really trying to focus on ourselves and what we can control. He said for him that balance is the key to longevity. And he looks at how he can find balance with things in his life. But a, a really great lesson that I liked was he said that even in the sport of running, Jared couldn't do it alone. 
He has a coach, he runs with other people, and his wife is a massage therapist. So it was just, it was interesting to see that when we see someone crossing the finish line of a marathon, it seems like the most individual sport. But this was a great reminder that we all need that support system and that strong network behind us to lift us up and help us reach our full potential. And Jared said that he's only able to do all these things because he has built into his system good breaks where he can reset and recharge. But when he is running, Jared said that he just focuses on getting to the next mile. He doesn't worry about how much further he has to go. And he said that's it really helped him to overcome anxiety and regret is just by focusing on that present moment. And he said for new runners, if we're just getting started, he said we should start small and start slow. He said it can even just be walking, but it needs to be sustainable. And he also, I love this point, he said we need to be patient and recognize that progress is going to take time. And what was interesting was he actually had some statistics to back this up. So Jared did his uh, PhD level thesis on analyzing times from the St. George Marathon in Utah. And he found that people who qualified for Boston, which is one of the toughest marathons there is, and it's in, you have to have an incredibly fast time to qualify, that on average, those people started slower and were more patient throughout the race, whereas other people who started out faster burned themselves out. So just some great lessons that I think apply to fitness, but also apply to our daily life. The last podcast for this week comes from How I Built This. They interviewed John Foley, who started the extremely successful company Peloton. Peloton, if you haven't heard of it, it's a workout bike at home that's really changed the industry by bringing in workout classes to, our, to your home, and it also lets you compete with other people, with your friends, while you do it. Um, but what's interesting that I loved about this podcast was that when he started Peloton, John was in his 40s and he said that he had no money and little knowledge. And I think that's so powerful to, rem to remind ourselves that we don't have to be perfect today. We don't, I think so many times it can seem overwhelming, like we need to have everything figured out or we need to already be down a certain path and accomplishing certain things and checking boxes. But I love that he was able to start this great company when he was in his 40s. And he said that part of how he did it was he went to Harvard Business School, but he said, well, what I thought was so interesting, he said the biggest thing that it gave him was the confidence and it taught him that nobody is that much smarter than anybody else. But at 40 years old, John started to become anxious and frustrated that he wasn't doing well in life. He thought that he wasn't doing enough and he started to feel like he might be a failure. And I, and I think that's understandable, but I just love that how he had this vision of what Peloton could be and he kept working at it. He said that he was rejected three times a day for four years when he was trying to raise money to start this company. He said in his own words that it took 3,000 people 
to get 100 yeses. And once he had those people, those 100 people, then he had the money that he needed to build his company. But as he, he was going through this process, he said that he had really smart people tell him that they didn't believe in him, but that he was really dumb to be working on something like this, that it wouldn't work out. But I love that John had that vision and he just kept working to make it happen. But it took a lot of sacrifice to do that. For three years, he said at his office, he was the one to clean the bathrooms and vacuum the floors because they had so little money. And what was interesting in the beginning, he said that people weren't buying as many bikes as he thought they would. And so he started asking people why that was. And he said that some of them actually said they're too cheap. They're, the price is too low. And this really surprised me because Peloton is pretty expensive. But he said that when they raised the price, they were showing their value that the bike was bringing to people. And to me, that was a great reminder that we can't sell ourselves short. We need to know what we're worth and we shouldn't be afraid to ask for it. And because they haven't been afraid to keep fighting, Peloton has sold over half a million bikes. And so in closing, I hope that these tactics and tools about dreaming big and taking good quality rest help us to build a great life. Thanks again for being here. I know there's a lot that you could be doing and it means a lot that you're here with us. So thanks and we'll see you next week.